Now, Christianity has its 13th apostle, a faithful witness to the love, mercy, and truth of Jesus Christ. How about you? Will you be the 13th apostle? What can we do to help build our parish, to help our priest build the parish? Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the 13th Apostle, where we explore the good, the beautiful, and the true of the Catholic faith and the Catholic Church and our local parish. This is Tom Caffrey with my co-host, Dan Duddy. Hiya, Dan. Hey, Tom. How are you? Hey, uh, do you have uh, your closer... I'm pretty close to the water, but I think you're closer to the water. You get a... Uh, any kind of a sea breeze, or probably when you're up on the, uh, you have like the, uh, what do they call it, the bird seat? Uh, Cat bird seat? Oh. Uh, what's that oh, one? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We need yeah. <laughs> Jim yeah. Mobile on here. It's not, cat, it's, it's not the cat bird seat, right? I, I know you're talking about the basket that's way up on top of the mast that you, with the guys. Yeah. The, the one on. Yeah. yeah. So when you're up on your balcony, uh, mm-hmm. you get a little more of a breeze than you would on your. Oh, uh, yeah. We had a really nice breeze here. Always. Sometimes it's a little too breezy. Got to batten down the hatches, but it's nice. Okay. Obviously, you say too breezy. Too breezy for what? Too breezy to actually even sit out there because chairs blow around and stuff. It's windy. How can they blow around if you're sitting in them? Well, (laughs) well, I mean, it's like, it's that windy. If you weren't sitting in the chair. That's got to be a strong wind. (laughs) Watch yourself. (laughs) I mean for anybody. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, well, I was thinking you were going to say because you'd get sand in your eyes or something like that, but maybe nah, there's no, no, nah, there's no sand. I mean, down on the beach, obviously you're going to get sand in your eyes, but we're up up the street, way up the street, so oh, okay. no rocks. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, all right. So, speaking of your, well, your neighborhood. Uh, we were having a good conversation leading up to this about, which was prompted by an experience you had recently with a priest. So why don't you use your, in your parlance, uh, the kickoff here and uh, yeah. you take it. Well, Tell us what I, happened. Sure. I mean, it, it's, it's just a good conversation piece. And I think it definitely, uh, you know, the truth is always right under our, right under our nose, right? Sometimes we overthink things and we want to, have you know these themes that are you know based on conspiracy and controversy but i just want to tell you about a real nice you know conversation i had with a priest i actually lined up a confession with him through his office they told me that he would uh, hear my confession the next morning after 8 30 mass daily mass and the reason why i lined it up was because i'm working you know during confession hours for the most part uh with the, my summer job but I, I got into the sanctuary with the priest and you know you know, had a really nice confession that turned into a, a discussion. And his heart, he's an older older guy, Father Joe, his heart was kind of, it was, it was almost pleading with me to do something to enliven his parish. And back it up a few days, uh, the Sunday before, I had gone to Mass at the same church, Padre Pio. I was asked to be an usher because they were short on ushers. And I'm, I'm thinking, like, why do I not? do these things for the church, you know, usher or whatever, Eucharistic minister, these things. And in my head, my prideful head, I'm like, oh, I, I do 
I do plenty, you know what I mean? Like in my prideful head, you know, I'm flying around, giving talks, you and I do a radio and, you know, uh, all that stuff. And But really, this, this sweetheart of a man is asking for people to be where their feet are when they're at the parish and come in and alive in the parish. And I'm like, I'm going to sell out to this. And I said, I got to talk to Tom about this. Let's get this on the air. And let's, let's try and enliven our listeners to understand this. This is what I think is very important. We identify with the work that we do. So let's do the work that is going to give us a, perhaps either a deeper identity or a new identity. And let it be with the understanding that any work that we do for the church in the church is a ministry. And that once we solidify that identity that we're ministering to the church, then the church becomes enlivened again. I think then we're less likely to be parish bashing. Instead, we're parish building, you know, and then with that excitement comes confidence to invite others to come in because I think we're kind of compromised, you know. You know, another thing, I know I'm talking a lot here, but I want to lay one more point to what he said. What he said was, not exactly in these words, but, you know, we have quality versus quantity, right? We know that the quantity is down. You know, there's not that many, same number of people in the, in the congregation, in the pews, as there once were. Not nor, nor as many priests. Nor as many priests, yes. In fact, a lot of these parishes are now combined parishes, right? Right. But, but he brought up a quality issue without using the word quality. Not only are the numbers down, but the souls in the pew have become far less Catholic right before his eyes, right in front of him. And he actually used the word Democrats. You know, we have Democrats in the pews. And you and I have talked about this before. You can't be a good Catholic and be a whatever a good Democrat is. But you can't do both. You know what I mean? And this is what his concern is. So he actually asked me if I would come in and talk to the, uh, the congregation and get you know give a good fundamental talk about you know, the truth, because he says when he does it, it becomes controversial and they leave the pews. He said, but if a layman comes in, he's got a better shot at it. You know what I mean? Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Well, how old is this but, uh, priest? Guess. Well, guess, 72. That's a guess. Okay, so that well, that makes some sense uh, from looking at the surveys and whatnot, but we'll get to that in a, in a bit. Yeah, so I'm going to commit to, I'm going to register at, at his parish. Right now I'm registered with Mora, uh, gosh, probably 20 miles away because of the Latin mass. And when I came home and I told her about the conversation, she saw the passion, you know, but the passion came from the priest's passion and his hunger. And Mora said, why don't we just do it? Let's just register there. And I said, I'll I'll become a full-time usher. Now, why don't uh, you do this at your home parish? Yeah. So we talked about that a little bit before we turned the mic on. That's a really good question. I don't want to be contradictory either, but... Couldn't they use you and more? Of course they could. Now, this is where I'm going to walk a line of contradiction here. My home parish, which is right down the street, is non-conservative, okay? But here's the kicker with my heart of hearts. It was because of the relationship that was developed so quickly through his candidness, Father Joe, that I said, I want to be in this priest's parish. I want to do everything I can to help this man. It just hit me in the heart like that. You know what I mean? So that's the main reason why I would drive past the other parish to go be with Father Joe and help him out. But there's that little contradiction coming back at us. There, there is that 
non-conservative, you know, approach that, that is happening in this church. Mora cannot receive still in that church by mouth where she can at Padre Pio. So that's all in there, too. Uh, it's undeniable. Yeah, it's difficult. I can... Difficult for pastors, uh, for the priests. You know, this is this bifurcation, this split in our uh, in our church. That I'm sure, and well, I'm not so sure. Just looking at the uh, old, very old text. You know, certainly the going way back in the early church and whatnot. Uh, the social upheaval. Uh, obviously, a, a lot of a lot of upheaval. People were going to the lions. You know, they were persecutions until Constantine, and it's not like the spigot shut off right after Constantine, uh, and then the Edict of Milan, where there was essentially okay. First, it was we're not going to uh, persecute the Christians, and then it gets to the point where it's almost like Christianity becomes the state religion, uh, which to this day uh, brought in problems to the church and on one hand it was great on the other hand it's this getting in bed with the with the political leaders and of course Constantine was the political leader uh, and if you didn't agree with Constantine okay well then you were looking for you were looking for a liberal church uh, let's say uh, it's very difficult for me to uh, think of a left right church to me there's and I think you think this way, maybe not as much as I do, but uh, that we have one holy Catholic and apostolic church. But it's when you know that there are Catholics and prominent Catholics, for example, including clergy, who see the living of that faith, like they'll emphasize one thing, one social concern uh, over another. And um, so, you know, it's like that seamless garment. They're not going to pay too much attention, let's say, to abortion, but they are going to they are going to focus on social justice matters. So do you is it's like, you know, you and I've had this conversation about the Latin mass. So the Latin mass is the focus is on totally on the altar uh, and where and it's more solemn and maybe some somber somber aspect because your the emphasis is on the on the crucifixion Christ giving up his his life for us to the newer and and again reflected as we've said uh, in the past uh, reflected in the style design the architecture of churches the older and the newer ones so the newer ones you know the, which we've I don't do that anymore but uh, we've. I certainly have denigrated the newer churches. They're not attractive, but in terms of theology of the church, and is, is, does this reflect the theology of the pastor who was who was involved in the in, in the building of that church? Almost certainly, that sure. it's more of like the emphasis is on we're having a banquet. We're at the Last Supper. We're the disciples at the table, and we're going to share in this in this banquet. So the there's a combination of that. And yeah. so if you have a priest like Father Joe, the one you're talking about, he's older. I don't know whether he's one of the fewer priests who would consider themselves conservative, maybe politically or socially uh, conservative at that age, because he's closer to uh, Vatican II and the upheaval right after Vatican II than you and I are. You know, we're not we're not that far behind him, but still, you know, when I when I became an altar boy, there was still a residue of Latin, but that was just for maybe a year or two. Yeah, maybe maybe a few years, but 
Anyway, so being involved in the culture and being involved with guys, men's groups and whatnot, I know that, well, I know that most of the guys I'm around, whether it's in my parish, in the retreat house, and other places, uh, including WQPH, uh, tend to be much more conservative, if we're going to call it that way. So your priest, Father Joe, I would have thought he, since he's closer to Vatican II, I would have thought he's a little, he would be a little bit more liberal, but obviously he's not. Again, looking at the survey, the data from surveys, younger priests are more conservative than older priests. Right. Uh, right? So yeah. you might have a liberal priest or liberal pastor uh, at your home parish, and you don't like that. And some people don't want to go there because... Or they don't want to go to their home parish because they don't. They don't like the homilies. They don't like the uh, the music. There's other things about the liturgy. I, I I've done that. Uh, but I, then on the other hand, I think well, that's why I said it to you about and well you and Mora, but people like you where could you use your gifts, your talents, to build up your home parish? Because it's almost like it needs it even more. At least for people like you. Yeah, it's true. And if, but the fact remains, though, my personality is whatever it is where I where I sit on the side of the fence, whether it's conservative side or the liberal side. And I, you know, I definitely sit on the conservative side. I don't know if a liberal, and I, I don't like the terms either, Tom. So I'm with you on that. But it there's truth in it. You know, I don't know if if a liberal pastor would want me to to become involved in his church or not uh, if you'd just be fine with where he's at uh, it, well how would he know it, I mean if you're serving if you're going to be an usher how would he know that you know the two of you aren't in sync in terms of social issues right so that brings up another point I think that we should go out of our way and I think we'll be pleasantly surprised to make an appointment with our pastor and sit down and just come to know him and introduce yourself, men or women out there, you know, whoever. And, you know, just c- come to learn where they're coming from. And that, I think that's hugely important because that's what happened to me. So, you know, and once again, it, it was it was the fundamental truth, the reality, the, the salt of the earth, uh, heart to heart, that inspired me with this priest. But you were in, so, you were in comfortable territory, though. Yeah, so no, I, I get your point, and it's cha- it's a challenge. And once again, my good friend, you challenge me. But to, to Always walk in through love. that door. Yeah, I know. To walk through that door and sit down with the priest of my local parish, to have him come to know me is probably, that would be a good thing to do. It'd be a virtuous thing to do. Uh, because in truth, that would be me practicing what I'm preaching. He's not again. your enemy, but you could think of it's like, Okay, well, what Jesus said, love your enemy. It's yeah. easy to go to a place where you're comfortable and it's, it's like you. And I'm, I'm saying this to me, too. No, it's a, it's a really good point. I'm going to, one quick thing. What you just hit me in, in between the eyes with is, if you have the gift and humbly know that it's from God, then why not go in and share it? and see where it falls. Go ahead. But if you're saying your gift is that you got to give this talk, a particular talk on social matters, and you come across as, uh, okay, well, anybody right. who's a Democrat here, you might as well leave because you're not going to like what I'm have to say, as yeah. opposed to, because then you, you're, as opposed to you serving in your humility that, okay, you're not this guest star making a, making a talk, but you're doing the, the nuts right. and bolts of building a parish 
you know, working as uh, as an usher or knights of a knight of Columbus or something like that to, uh, you know, make a pancake breakfast yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a very revealing conversation. It provokes uh, soul searching, which is why I, I like our, you know, when we do take our themes to, to a good conversation. But I, I just I could not ever imagine this priest who I came to know a little bit at the local parish. We'll call him the liberal priest ever saying to me we need to talk to my congregation because we have we're loaded with democrats i just could not imagine him saying that i've talked to this this priest before but uh yeah so i mean it's what do i do in that case tom do i then go in there and be strapped and have have a leash uh, tightened up on me when i know i've got gifts and maybe i'll never break down that wall between him and me, or what are you suggesting? You're, uh, you're a good I, I, I'm just uh, saying that uh, those who, especially if you perceive the need to be greater, and because it's kind of either it's driven you away or you have chosen, which really more of the latter, you've just chosen to say, I don't, I don't like the way they do the liturgy at this mass, at this parish. Mm-hmm. You know, and so then I, it's I got to be careful to say, and remember now, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you, I'm talking with you, I'm talking to the audience, I'm talking to myself. That, yeah, everybody's listening, sure. Yep. That am I judging them and saying, okay, well, I want to go with the liturgy that I like. I got to be careful that it's not, I don't put it all about me and what pleases me. That's true. Yeah, yep. and that's uh, right. and you know I I don't know what I mentioned this on the air f- several weeks ago that uh, when uh, you and I went to a concert in uh, Pennsylvania, uh, the Boys Choir Philly Philadelphia, um, and I uh, uh, I stayed there overnight. You and Moore went home that night, and uh, so when I was coming home, I had the opportunity to go to a nine o'clock mass in my parish. And I said, I could, I was going to turn my, the steering wheel to the left on this road to take me to the church. I said, no, I, they've got the, they've got the drums and they've got the guitars and I can't stand it. And, uh, so I said, no, I'm going to go to this small little, uh, chapel that's affiliated with a, a local college. Well, I get there at six o'clock, and there's no mass because it's affiliate. As you know, the college, I didn't realize the college was out of uh, session, you know, for summer. Oh yeah, yeah. And so I didn't go to mass, and I was kind of convicted. I thought about it and thought about it. I said, you know what? I missed mass. I missed the Eucharist. I missed communion with my brothers and sisters, and I missed supporting my parish priests because I didn't like. It was about me, and it wasn't about glorifying God. Yeah. Uh, right? Yeah. So... Yeah. And you, you've always... You're consistent with that point, that, you know, the saying, I don't get anything out of Mass, I stop going to Mass, I never get anything out of it. And we're, we're there to, to participate in the sacrifice. We're there to give ourselves. Uh, yeah, that's huge. But, you know, Vatican II, uh, how do we say this, kind of loosened the leash on the structure of the mass to the point where we've talked about this many times where now there's there are drums on the altar as you said and there are interpretive dancing going on now well hold on let me jump in though you know my son kevin was in africa for seven weeks he was in five different countries and i think i may have i don't know what i i think i forwarded one to you a clip that he sent me one or two clips of when he was in the the local uh, churches he was the only white 
uh, person in the church. Uh, just the thought was entertaining, and I know the looks that he got. Yeah. And, but the clips he sent me of the church, all of the church members singing, and there were it was packed. Every it looked like yeah. every every mass every clip uh, video clip he sent me, the church was packed, and everybody was singing, not just the choir. It was gorgeous, and no, I, they were yeah, dancing sure. because it's their it's culture. Beautiful. And they yeah. were using drums. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. know whether it's Absolutely. because you and I think Absolutely. of in the nineteen sixties and seventies when we had acid rock and stuff like that, and we've got guitars and they're all on drugs and whatnot. Okay, yeah. You know, we don't want that in, in our church. No, and yeah, and you have that heart. You have the heart for music. You know that that's it's in your charism. But my point is, because of the leash being loosened. Now we have different, all sorts of different variables happening in different churches. I wasn't criticizing that. But my point is now what happens is it fans the fire of people now choosing where they want to go and what they like and what they dislike. So now they're getting pulled to other churches. Oh, there's got to be a fire. If you're saying it fans the fire, there's got to be a fire that it's fanning. Yeah. Why is there well, that fire? I, I think the variables fan fans the fire of choice if, if there were far less variables if the leash was shortened then we could bring people more readily to Christ himself as we should but now there, there are too many different choices too many different variables but you know there's too much flexibility in our in our churches because of Vatican II so do you would do you, you want, know what I'm saying? do you want a uh, military type of uh, uh, mass where everybody's in lockstep and say this is this is the one way you do it. Uh, because that's that's the reason, at least that's what a lot of people say, and, and I've written, I've read this in a number of books, that's the reason we lost China with the missionaries, because they kept going to Rome saying, we can't bring Rome or Europe to Asia. And Rome said, no, nope, you got to do it this way. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And, and to my point about, you know, uh, to Africa and Kevin's experiences, the church is is growing, as we, you know, and we've talked about it, the church is growing significantly in Africa and Asia. Uh, so that's see, so my concern is, it, reflexively, you're right in the middle. I know what I'd like, but I've got to say, it's not what it can't be what I like, or it can't only be what I like. Right, right, right. Because yeah. the liturgy of the Eucharist, the liturgy of the Word, and the liturgy of the Eucharist. I mean that has to be the same. They're yes. reading the same readings. Yeah, yeah. Scott Hahn. I, that was one of the beauties of the Catholic Church when he when he converted. He said I, it's wonderful to be in a, in a Catholic Mass and know that the exact same thing is happening on the other side of the world, the exact same way, exact same gospel. Unless you're in a Byzantine uh, church, for example, Catholic Church, you know where it's, right. it could be. Yeah. It's, it's all done in chant, and you're you're there for three hours. Uh, so. Uh, the question, ladies and gentlemen, that we have to ask the we is Dan and me and, and you, of course, is, uh, you know, all our listeners to say, what can we do to help our parish priests have right. fulfillment and help to grow the parish and ultimately the kingdom of God on earth? Amen. Yeah, just get in there, minister and make it count while you're there. Give, 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 give. I know I'm going to step up. I, w I was inspired by that that intimate human conversation with a pastor who I met that day and it, it's really really 
really affected me in a very positive way. Okay, so go love your enemy, and I want you to sit down and have a nice talk with your local home parish <laughs> faster. <laughs> that's that's going to be part two of this discussion, oh, ladies on, and gentlemen. Dad. Come on, Dad. <laughs> and you, I'm thinking about one other person that you and I know very well. I'm picturing him listening to this and saying, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's okay. totally listening. Okay, to Tom. Yeah. The, yeah. I'm never going to sit and, and listen to those drums and, and guitar. But, oh, I know that. Yeah, he's, he's like, how he's, many guys would it take to hold him down to just make make him listen there? Maybe we could tranquilize him a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would just that would just get him angry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God Almighty! All right, brother. Okay. Great conversation yeah. as always, and uh, yeah, we got And as always, we should have a little assignment. And our assignment is how do we how do we build the kingdom? When we get off this get off the air, you know. Yeah, let's get out of the comfort zone. Let's do something different this week for the for the church. Do, yeah, that's right, pastor. Do that faith. Live that. Live that faith. Just just don't say yeah. I believe. Yeah. How do people know you believe? So. Yeah, get get involved. Jump in there. All Amen. Right. Okay, folks, uh, stay tuned for the Angelus, and following the Angelus is your prayer intentions with Peter and Jimmy. WQPH Radio, Marianne, Jean, James, their support is great, and they and we need your support, ladies and gentlemen, so anything you can do to help us out, including your prayers, as we pray for you. God bless you, Danny. God bless you, Tommy. God bless you all. You're listening to WQPH 89.3 FM, Shirley Fitchburg. And now a word from author Peter and Jimmy, who is the host of Your Prayer Intentions, taking place every Saturday at 12.30 p.m. Whether you're donating money or giving us prayers, without you, we don't go on. And if you do want to help us go on, please consider going to wqphradio.org. There's a donate button there. You can give once, you can give monthly, and it makes a difference. It keeps all of our shows, and we have a great lineup of shows keeps us going and whether you're a fan of uh your prayer intentions whether you like steve's show benedict's hair sundays at midnight whether you like brother matthew and brother anthony from from the housetops which is on sundays 10 30 a.m and 4 p.m whether you're a fan of the children's rosary which we have every day at 5 p.m seven days a week whether you like our local matter show which is saturday at 11 or talk catholic which comes right after us at 12.30. Larry's Music Off, Sunday at 11 a.m. We have the Shepherd's Pie, Saturdays at 1 p.m. Or Dan and Tom with the 13th Apostle, which comes just before us at 11.30. Any of those shows and all the stuff you, you donate, you help these things come out. But what also at the WQPH website, in addition to podcasts of our shows, is the prayer wall. Right on the prayer wall, support WQPH and get WQPH 24 hours a day, 7 days a week on WQPHradio.org. Thank you for listening to The 13th Apostle with Dan Duddy and Tom Caffrey. For more information on Dan, visit his website at www.danduddy.com or email dcduddy at gmail.com. Tom's website is faithpilgrims.com or email trcaffrey at faithpilgrims.com. How about you? Will you be The 13th Apostle? <laughs>